0: This is Ashley Ramsey with the Slay the Giants podcast, the show where we slay our giants and conquer our fears. You will hear from myself and some amazing experts on subjects that matter most to you. Through their stories, you will be empowered and enlightened. Are you ready to slay your giant? Come on, let's go. Hey, Slay the Giant family. Welcome to our podcast today. I am so grateful for each one of you. You know, I tell you every week, I love y'all, my slave family. <laughs> uh, you guys are phenomenal. I love your feedback, your comments, everything that you guys have, you know, been sharing with me regarding the content. And you have been a blessing to my life, as well as I know that we have been a blessing to you. Um, we have been doing a pandemic series, and today's topic is about cancel culture. Many of you are familiar with this term because you have seen celebrities, preachers, I mean, people in your local communities where, you know, folks have decided that they're going to cancel them. You know, they're no longer going to sponsor them, no longer going to support them. Um, You know, that means that you're not following them on social media or perhaps it is a way that we disconnect from the individual because of something that was done that you may not agree with or something that. You know, you may feel like deserves to be canceled, and so within this topic, there are so many nuances. Um, we're gonna talk a little bit about grace and cancel culture, and you know, we're gonna really dissect this. And I have my good friend and brother um, Mo J Huggins, uh, Mo Huggins. He's a, a, one of the uh, pastors at Stevens Creek Church. He's gonna talk a little bit more about himself. But I, I love he and his wife and their beautiful boys. Um, they're in Georgia and they're doing a phenomenal work there. And, um, I know got, that God's hand is on his life and he, he's also a doctoral student and he has a lot of input, a lot of perspective on this topic. And I know that he's going to have a wealth of knowledge to share. So welcome, Mo.
1: What's going on, Ash? I'm so glad to be with Slate, the Slater Giant family and just all that you guys are doing, um. You know, I support you 110% and great to be here.
0: Absolutely. So this topic is a hot topic. I mean, we've heard it several times on social media. We, you know, we talk and connect often and we talk about different individuals in the church who folks have canceled (laughs) preachers who they're they're canceling left and right. Um, So let's talk about it. Let's put a definition to it. What if you were to give a definition to cancel culture, what would it be?
1: I think cancel culture is the silencing of an individual or groups because of a punitive silencing of individuals or groups because of something they have done or something you don't agree with. Um, cancel culture is, um, it's not, it doesn't belong to any group. Everybody cancels people. Uh, Jews and Gentiles canceled people, Republicans and Democrats canceled people, saved and unsaved canceled people, um, in your own family, people are canceling people. So it's, um, something that is, um, is, I, I hate to say, but it is normal. It's something that shows up often. Um, and it is a result of wanting to silence or snuff out influence or opportunity because of something some somebody has done or something you disagree with about that individual.
0: Absolutely. I would agree. Um, I think cancel culture has is, is a movement, right. Um, where a person can make one mistake or a series of mistakes Um, And it reaches a point where folks decide, you know, I'm no longer going to support them. I'm no longer going to acknowledge what they're doing, their work, their preaching or what have you or anything they're producing. Um, And so that's where we decide, you know, as a culture, as a society, that we're no longer going to support this individual. And legitimately, people get together in groups and decide that they're not going to They're not going to support. And I think social media has played a huge role Mm -hmm. in cancel culture. Mm -hmm. Um, You'll see that on Twitter, on Facebook, on, you know, TikTok or what have you on um, Instagram. You'll see stories of, you know, different individuals, you know, as the headline, whether it's, (laughs) you know, from different social outlets. And they'll be talking about the individual. And then if you go down to the comments. You know, that's why they tell you, you got to be careful about the comments.
1: Yeah, Because when
0: you go down to the comments and you read the comments of different people's perspectives and opinions about whatever has happened, whatever has occurred, you realize that people really have limited grace. And they determine who, you know, deserves grace and who grace should be extended to. And, you know, some people, you know, they decide based off of even personal experience, they decide, you know what? I no longer want to support this individual based off of my personal perspective or belief.
1: Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. And just the danger of cancel culture or um, the danger of humanity is that we all desire justice when we feel like we've been wronged or someone has done wrong. We want to impute justice. But then when we are the ones who have been wronged, we want mercy. We want people to be kind and compassionate and show us grace. But when somebody else has done the wrong um, or have wronged us, we want justice, we want it swiftly, we want it fast, um, and we wanna silence them. And um, I I personally, I'll just put it out there. I think cancel culture is anti-gospel. It is literally The opposite of what Jesus stood for and what Jesus desired. In fact, um, instead of canceling people, Jesus uh, invited people, Um, Jesus made room for individuals. I'm preaching this week um, about that Luke 15 passage, um, the parable of um, the prodigal son, but the lost, found son who wanted to cancel the prodigal brother. Because of what he's done, and uh, you you don't realize that Jesus has grace for every single space in our life, that if we turn, his grace is sufficient. Um, and it, it's uh, Gandhi said it like this, I love your Christ, but I hate your Christians. And I, I think we've got to be people who reject cancel culture on both sides and be people who have, as Paul says, the ministry of reconciliation, that our objective is to restore people and not to cancel people.
0: That's so good. Um, I would agree with you in that we we need to extend more grace. And I think that's what Jesus was trying to show us in that yeah. parable, um, in that story with um, the lost son. Um, I think, you know, so often, you know, you're the one who may be doing the right thing, and you see someone, you know, fall from grace, and you're like, "Well, we need to, we need to let them know that they're wrong." And and God is like, "Nope, my arms are open. I'm welcoming them, welcoming them in. I am, you know, gonna restore them. <clears throat> I'm going to." let them know that for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I'm going to let them know that my grace is sufficient for even that one. You know, sometimes we want to extend grace to who we want to extend grace to.
1: Mm -hmm. Right. We have selective grace,
0: grace. Right. And Mm -hmm. so we want to give grace to everyone else, but it's, when we think about our own personal lives and the different people in our lives who have done things to us, who have hurt us, you know, sometimes it's a little bit more challenging to give grace to them. Um, and so let's, let's talk about something. You just mentioned something that it made me think, you know, does the church do a good job of restoring when one has been wounded or one has fallen?
1: Yeah. Uh, this is a, um, not from personal experience but friends of mine who have made mistakes Um, and just the way the church treated them is just so different from what jesus does in scripture if jesus is our example if he is the one that we are following we should look at what jesus does when people fall right peter is a prime example jesus anticipates his failure And then when he is risen, the angel says, go tell the disciples and Peter, go get him because he is still, I, I know Peter probably thinks he's not with the group anymore. I know Peter feels like he's probably outside of the circle anymore, but just because you have failed doesn't mean that God has rejected you. God does not judge you based on a bad chapter What God does is he turns the page. My blood covered it. And if you are willing to come back, that God is willing to accept you and embrace. And here's the cool thing is as, as soon as you start to turn, God is running towards you. Right. Like you don't even get all the way there. And God is racing to welcome you back in. God has grace for every mistake, every single issue. And I think Uh, Instead of canceling people, we need to uh, restore people. Now, there is some wisdom if people are struggling with stuff to take some time away. But um, even the whole doctrine of you got to sit for a year if you've done something, that's not biblical.
0: My God, we talked about that. I I think
1: there is some wisdom wisdom based on, yes, but it is a man's standard. Not a God standard. Absolutely. You know, I think. No, no, go ahead. ahead.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So much. It's so much in this this, uh, conversation. You know, I think about the woman who was caught in adultery. Right. Mm. You know, that text really kind of displays the grace of God. Um, And I think, you know, first of all, she was caught in adultery, which means people were looking on looking. Right. (laughs) Right. So that's one thing. Second of all, you know, it wasn't only the woman who was in adultery. Come on, somebody. It was a man. But anyway, I digress. I digress. It takes two. (laughs) It does. So here's my thought is like, you know, they wanted to stone her. And, you know, we 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 tried to come up with our own theories of what Jesus may have done. But I believe that Jesus began to tell folks about their own sin. And one by one, they, they had to throw down their own, their stones because they wanted to throw it at the woman. But no, you have your own stuff you're dealing with. And if God can extend grace to me, how much more should I be able to extend grace to other people who, you know, may have fallen into sin and may have done something that I may think is the worst sin ever? Um, and, and that's why the Bible says who, he who was without sin cast the first stone. if you're without sin if you're per- perfect and blameless and you have no issues, then go ahead and, and cast a stone. but because you have sinned and because you have things in your closet and and, and the good thing is the good thing is you you just didn't get exposed. How about
1: that?
0: (laughs) How about, how about nobody knows about what you did, you know, and where you were and where God has brought you from. And so that's why we have to be mindful. And and a lot of times we get very prideful when we're talking about, you know, what other people are doing and what they're doing. And I'm not saying that we can't call it out. You know, I'm not saying, you know, we can't go to one of our brothers and sisters and say, hey, this is what I heard, you know, or this is what I am seeing in the spirit. Of the Lord gave me, you know, a word to to tell you about, you know, something I know that you're involved in. Nothing wrong with that. I think that's what uh, Nathan the prophet did when he found that David was just, he was in a lot. He had a lot going on. then killed her husband, Uriah. Um, It was a lot that was done. I mean, he, he did a lot and Nathan had to call him out and say, Hey, this, you know, he gave him a scenario and and they was like, well, I, you know, he told him what he would do. And the prophet was like, well, it's you I'm referring to really. Yeah. Um, and I think it's important for us to recognize that there are people that God will send in our lives to speak truth to what we're dealing with and what we're facing. Like there's nothing wrong with saying, Hey, this is sin. This is wrong. But what we're saying is we also have to extend grace. We have to yeah. be willing to, um, you know, show the love of God through grace. And I think, that is where a lot of people have issues with the church in that, you know, we choose who we're going to extend grace to. And that whole piece about sitting down, I know that in years past, that had a lot to do. Uh, well, it happened a lot of the times with, um, you know, a young woman who may have gotten pregnant um, without mm. marriage, and so the young woman is sitting there, you know, can't, you know, do ministry and can't. And I get it because it's a visible thing, right? But there's so many people who are actively involved and actively doing things we can't see what they are doing, right? Because yeah. there's no you know, it's not, you know, nine months of uh, carrying it, right? But (laughs) we know that there are other people who are involved in things and do they also sit down? And is it, you know, does the man sit down? Because while the girl has to sit down from the choir, does the drummer have to also sit down too? Come on, somebody. Um, (laughs) You know, and so that's something that we've talked about a lot is like that whole um, process of sitting down and My issue, my concern, not issue, my concern with sitting people down is, you know, are we taking them through a restoration process? Are we taking them through the process of, you know, healing or, you know, taking them through the process of scripture and helping them to understand why you're doing what you're doing? Um, I I think, you know, we're at the place where, you know, we can't just do things without having, you know, biblical presidents for what we're doing or, or yeah. even a biblical stance or even having scripture backing to say, this is what we're doing and why we're doing it. And so yeah. we just have to be really careful about, you know, who we're deciding we're canceling and who we're deciding to, you know, sit down or what have you and, and really be Christ-like in our approach because yeah. Christ could have said, you know what, we're going to condemn this woman. You know, we're going to throw stones at her, but no, he was like, I'm not going to condemn her. You know, that's not yeah. That's not what we're doing.
1: And so, um go ahead. yeah, I, I, I think uh, <clears throat> you're hitting it on the head. I think Jesus was the full measure of grace and truth. And that initial first story you talk about the woman caught in adultery. This was individuals bringing a selective grace. They showed grace to the man, but brought the woman. And then Jesus says, well, I'm going to show grace to her. But then on the back end, I'm going to bring truth to say, go your way and sin no more. So I think the, the dichotomy or the difference between cancel culture and Jesus or cancel culture and even Nathan, what you brought up, Nathan's mission was to restore you back to who you were before you fell. And cancel culture's mission is to snuff you out because you fell. And that's the major difference. And as a church, we're called to be Nathan's, we're called to be like Jesus, which is, I'm going to restore you back. That literal word, forgiveness in the Greek, means to make or uh, restore back like it never happened, like the offense never happened. And so If we are called to be these ministers of reconciliation, yes, there are times that we should call out sin. And I don't want us to shy away from that. God has a holiness standard. Uh, We should not be lowering the bar, but we should really be looking at what Jesus did and how he raised the bar because his issue was the heart of the person. And so I want to transform your heart so that your behaviors can be transformed. And I think too many times, cancel culture is trying to be punitive. I want to punish you instead of I want to help disciple you. And that's that's the difference. Reconciliation, restoration process is all about discipleship and making you, helping you be the person God has called you to be and helping you walk out of the bondage of sin where um, cancel culture is all about killing you right where you are because of what has happened and what you've done.
0: That's good. You know, one of the reasons I think cancer culture exists is because that whole part about discipleship takes work.
1: Yes. <laughs> and it's easier to just uh, write
0: them. It's easier all. to say I'm oh gonna write you gosh. off. Hey. I'm we're just gonna <clears throat> we're just gonna sit you down. We're just gonna have you, Ooh. you know, tell you, you're no longer part of the ministry anymore. No, it's just easier, but that's not what Christ wants us. He wants us to make disciples and discipleship takes work. And one thing I've learned about discipling people is, you know what? Not everyone gets it the first time you have a conversation. They may fall right back into that same circumstance again. And you know what? You love them back to Christ every single time. And that takes work. That takes, you know, long suffering with people being willing to you know bear bear them up in prayer and you know continue to love on them and continue to encourage them and you know that takes work when you're discipling someone you are literally teaching them the ways of Christ and the word of God and that's not going to happen overnight and you're not going to see the change overnight you know and I think that's where Christ wants us to 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 be at he wants us to be the body of Christ where we are willing to make disciples. And, you know, when, a di- when, when one of us have fallen, kind of restore us and remind us of who we are. We're still a follower of Christ, although we have made a mistake. We have to repent. And in order to, to move forward, we have to walk those steps of repentance. But after we repent, we got to walk out the purpose of God for our lives. You know, one mistake doesn't remove the purpose of God for our lives. If that were the case, many of us will not be functioning in (laughs) any form of ministry. If one mistake um, or two or three or four, you know, if these mistakes were, you know, the thing that removes us from from what God wants us to do, then, you know we we wouldn't be functioning in ministry. A lot of people would not be functioning in ministry if that were the case. And I believe that God knew that. He knew us before, you know, we were formed in the womb of our mother. So he knew every fault. He knew every sin. But, you know, his grace is sufficient even in our weak moments, even in the times that he knew that we would struggle.
1: You know what's interesting about that? Um, you qu- quoted, you know, my grace is sufficient. And um, this is Paul writing um, Paul writes what God says to him about my grace is sufficient, but Paul was somebody who struggled with giving people grace. In the mm-hmm. book of Galatians, um, Peter is hypocritical, and Paul calls him out in the moment. There's very little grace. He doesn't Matthew 18 it and take him to the side. He exposes him in front of everybody. When John Mark has his failing, um, Paul is like, he's unfit for ministry. Cancel him. We're not going to deal with him, but for every Paul, we need a Barnabas who will fight for the life of the individuals who are fallen. And uh, if you are listening right now and you find yourself in a fallen place and you have messed up, I need you to hear me that God has not canceled you. Your life is not over. Your ministry is not over. You will recover. I'm encouraging you to find yourself a Barnabas who can see who you will become even before you become it who can see into your future and celebrate and restore you now so that the same ones who said you were unfit, Paul had to say, y'all send me John Mark because he he's beneficial to me in my ministry. In my latter years, he is beneficial. And so I think that is just something that we, we want to strive to be is just folks like Barnabas who are willing to take a risk and to disciple and develop folks like John Mark who, you know what? I messed up, but if you will help me, I can get up.
0: That's so good. And so I I just want to leave our listeners with that thought. Like, who are you standing in the gap for? Who are you willing to pour into? It's going to take time and they may not turn around immediately and it may require you taking time out, praying with them, sending scriptures to really disciple them. But who are you willing to show grace to and extend the love of God to without judgment, Um, And without, you know, being critical towards them, but really extending your arms like Jesus would and say, I'm willing to, you know, be with you in your low moments. I'm willing to walk this walk out with you and I'm not going to leave you um, without, you know, someone to support you and build you up. Yes, we, we need that, Barnabas. We need someone who is going to love us back into submission to God, love us back into that walk with him. It is so important that we recognize our role in other people's lives and what God has positioned us to do. You know, sometimes we get tired and we get weary of, you know, different things that we see. Like, why doesn't this person just get it? But God is saying the same grace that I've extended to you. I need to extend that grace to other people and be willing to be that person that is lifting them up and encouraging them. I remember there's a woman in our church and she tells a story about how she was an unbeliever. And there's a mother in our church um, who would knock on her door almost every single day. She would knock on her door, call her. I mean, this woman was avoiding her like the plague. <laughs> she <laughs> was just like, I am not picking up the phone. I am not calling you back. And it got to the point where she was like, I'm coming to your house. I'm going to wake you up. I'm going to make sure you get to church. I'm going to do what it takes because I believe that you are called to ministry. There's more in you. And I think that's mm-hmm able to say is like your mistake you're there's more in you and in fact this yes. test or this moment is going to be your ministry this test is going to be a testimony you will come out of it you're going to live through it you're going to see the victorious life you just have to get on the other side of this yeah, so yeah 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 that, that mother um in the church uh who was our evangelism director she would knock on her door and just continue i mean, <laughs> For an entire year, she was tracking this woman down. And, you know, that woman, (laughs) believe it or not, is one of the greatest evangelists in our church.
1: That woman...
0: Is the one who is in charge of evangelism, one of the leaders of evangelism in our local body. But it was the faith of this other woman who said, "I'm not going to give up on you. I'm not yeah. going to. I'm not going to cancel you, That's even good. though you stop picking up my calls, even though you decide you're not going to answer the door, <laughs> and I see your car outside. You know," she <laughs> <laughs> said. "You know, That's I'm good. not going to allow you to die. I'm not going to allow you to give up on yourself. You can be a believer. You can be a disciple." In Christ, and that woman now is a, a strong evangelist in a church, strong woman of the word. In fact, has so many people who rely on her who she pours into and she feeds the word of God. And it is because of the faith of one, and it only mm-hmm. takes one person, it only takes one individual decide, you know what, I am going to disciple this person to Christ. I may not have all the answers, but I, I know who to yes. go to, to ask the questions to. Some of you may mm-hmm. feel inadequate. Some of you may feel like, oh, I don't know everything that I need to know. That's OK. Uh, God is going to supply wherever the void is. He'll make a way yeah. where there seems to be no way. And so I want to encourage you to be that person, stand in the gap um, and, and, and don't cancel folk. You know, you have family (laughs) members that you've kind of like, you got tired of them. You know, Ray Ray keep asking you for money, you know, Teach Ray Ray how to budget. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that family member who you're constantly have to bail out, keep showing them the love of Christ because through your example, who knows, the your example may lead them to Christ. Your example yeah. may lead them into the knowledge of who Jesus is. You never know the way you carry yes. yourself, the way you lead may show them the light that they really need in a time of need. And, and you know what? When you carry yourself that way as a believer, as a, as a carrier of the gospel, they'll come to you eventually. They'll come to you and say, you know what? I need prayer. I need encouragement because they'll know that you're a source of strength and encouragement. Well, this is the end of our podcast today. And I just want to thank Mo for joining me and being a part of this discussion. This is phenomenal. We're going to continue the discussion. We'll have a part two, but this is the end for today. So thank you all for joining us. And I pray that you have a blessed day and um, continue to review the podcast. You can also email us, at giant slayers conference at gmail.com there's so many events coming up i have a new book called surrender it's very soon you can purchase it on amazon um and i'm encouraging you to go ahead and buy it it's gonna bless your life thank you all and thank you mo and uh everyone have a blessed morning afternoon evening whenever you're watching this god bless you thank you for listening to this podcast Please give us your feedback by leaving a review and let's stay connected. You can follow me on Instagram at she underscore slaves underscore giants underscore and Ashley Ramsey on Facebook. Looking forward to hearing from you. Bye bye.